welcome to Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is Russ Shaw. This is a bonus show. You got a bonus show this week. I said that uh, from listeners, if there's a demand from listeners, I will do more than one show a week. So here you go. This is not the Attitude Show. I do. I know. I promise you, I do the Attitude Show, and I will. But this is not it. This is a uh, little response to a few emails here, and I wanted to uh, talk about another another topic that I had that I wanted to run by you. It's kind of the same topic in a different way, a different analogy. I like analogies. I like metaphors because they tell a story. Jesus told stories. That's why Jesus was such a great communicator. He would he would talk in parables, which is a uh, parable is uh, a fancy way of saying metaphor, analogy, simile. Our mind is like a theater. And we decide what kind of players we're going to bring into our mind. Our mind can act out all sorts of stuff. It can run over things in the past. Sometimes I feel like I have a delayed intelligence. You know, you talk to that person and you you seem to have something going with somebody. and Or you're in an argument, you're in a discussion, and you have that uh, delayed intelligence. You ever have that? You're talking to somebody and you're thinking, oh man, I wish I would have said that, or I wish I would have said this. Now, if I was there, I would have said, or you might even exaggerate the whole uh, transaction that took place and say, yeah, I said this. No, I really didn't. I didn't say that, but I wanted to. We all have our own self-talk, our own imagination, our own theater inside of our own minds. And the thing about sexual integrity, the attitude... I want you to grab onto today is what kind of players are you letting into your theater? The, they come knocking at the door, and uh, you can't control a lot of that. Some of the stuff that you've seen in porn or experiences you might have had are going to just pop into your mind. Where do they come from? From your flesh? From the enemy? Maybe both. The point is, what do you do with that? What, do, what are you going to do with it when it comes knocking on your door? You need to kick them out. As soon as you identify who that is knocking at the theater of your mind, before you let them in, you need to kick them out. You need to send them away. Send them on down the road. Be like Simon in American Idol and just send them back. Because you know what happens once they get in your theater. This is one of the main points of system failure on a surface level, is that we let them in our theater. We let them talk to us. And once they get through the door in our minds, that's when we start to act out different scenes, different aspects. Our imagination starts to run with our own sinful nature. Our flesh, the chemicals running through our brain, start to play around with these images, with these scenarios, with these fantasy relationships. A lot of people email me, say, you know, I go two weeks, I go a month, I go three weeks, and I fail. I keep crashing after a few weeks. I think that's a big part of it, is that we feel so bad after we do it, we repent, tell God we're not going to do it anymore, we're going to do our best to stop again, and we start to think about those little thoughts. Those little fiery darts get shot into our mind, and we either shut them out, kick them out, or 
we start to dwell on them. We start to think about them. We start to let our imagination run with them. This is a more elaborate analogy than my uh, just snuffing out those thoughts when they hit your mind. But that's what I want you to do before they become characters in the play of your imagination, doing all sorts of dirty things, before they get to that point in your mind. Kick them out of your theater. Shut the door. Throw them out. What does that entail? It entails being open in your relationship with your spouse, maybe. Maybe if you're a younger person with your parents. It has to do with your relationships, your intimacy. There's a big uh, website called myspace.com. A lot of kids are getting on there and uh, high school, younger kids. It's a big popular website for high school students and folks in college even but mainly teenagers and there's a lot just a lot of bad stuff going on on myspace.com I'm not saying myspace.com is evil it's just a place that isn't chaperoned it's a place where people go on and they do negative intimacy they do this counterfeit intimacy. If a teenager cannot get emotionally naked in front of their parents, you know, they'll get physically naked on a website where they think it's just a few people seeing them, maybe. Expose themselves to, you know, a few friends or something like that. I mean, their own private porn thing. And it all starts with uh, the theater in your mind. Where are you going with your emotions, with your heart? Where is your heart at? Understand that God loves them. God is a safe place. And you can start there. You can pray. Get mad with God. Get angry with God. Go out in the mountains if you have to and just shout and yell and scream in your prayer if you have to. Read the Psalms. David did, man. He got upset. That's how David would pray sometimes. He would agonize. It's good to get that stuff out of you. Let it all out. All that stuff inside you. God can hear you. God can hear you cry. Hope you can talk to your parents. Hope you're not afraid of your parents if you're a teen. If you're emailing me and you're a young person, you're still living in the house with your folks. Are your, are your parents a safe place? Are they a safe place to bring your heart? Just talk to them in a manner of, here's my heart, mom or dad, husband or wife. This is where I'm at. Good, bad, or ugly. This is me. Real, raw, emotional, feeling overwhelmed, feeling defeated if you're feeling defeated, feeling just however you feel. If you are in a state of turmoil, man, tell somebody. Get it out of you. It is so critically important that you don't let that stuff fester inside you. That's where it has its power. That's where porn addiction, sex addiction has its power. It's this dirty little secret you've got in the back of your mind. Nobody knows about it. It's going to stay back there where nobody knows about it. It's my own private little sin thing. It doesn't stay private for long. And it won't stay satisfied until you deal with it. Until you deal with those emotions. God loves you. You are beautiful in the sight of God. You are saved by grace. You can't earn it. I know I've said that before, but I'm going to keep plugging it into your brain. 
until you get it. You cannot earn your salvation. It's a gift. It's been given to you. God does not see you as this nasty, ugly creature. He loves you. And He wants you to deal with this addiction because it's slavery. He doesn't want to see you in bondage. Those chains and those shackles are painful. It's painful being in slavery. Your life can be so much more beautiful once you kick this thing. Once you grow spiritually. That is why I believe that God just doesn't take it from you by praying about it, saying, God, just take this from me. No, it is a challenge. It is an adventure. you got to go through it. I'm going to talk more about that on my next show. But I just want to say that it, you need a safe place to talk about stuff. You know, if you're afraid to talk to your husband or your wife or your parents, your younger uh, folks listening to the show out there, you need to get in a, a youth group, a men's group, a woman's group, where you can be real. You know what I love about uh, teenagers, uh, younger folks? You know, if you're in your teens, your early 20s, People have an automatic, I mean, you guys, you have an automatic BS detector. You can almost naturally sense when someone's not being real or authentic. You can sense it. You can feel it. You can call people out. I've seen it. I know folks in youth ministries, and they talk about how authentic teens are. Most of you, you're authentic. You're on the surface, most of you. It's, it's the adults getting out, you know, you start getting out there, you start getting a little older, and just like Dr. Block talked about in episode 11, you know, you just in your own relationships with people, you start to withdraw just because, you know, you start exposing yourself. People think you're weird or people think you're strange or you're nasty or you're whatever. You just start to withdraw from people. You start to get afraid of people. And it's so hard to get adults out of their box, get adults to open up emotionally, get them in a group and talk emotionally, get emotionally naked. I uh, I have been critical of 12-step programs because, and I don't want to say all 12-step programs are bad, so, you know, save your letters. I'm not saying that they're all bad. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to say that any group you get in, whether it's a 12-step group, whatever kind of group it is, people need to be on the surface, real, authentic. You know, sinners are not. Do you have a problem with something in the Bible? I did. I had problems with Scripture. There were some things in the Bible I didn't agree with. And a lot of it's because it was taken out of context by the churches that I grew up in. I just needed to question that stuff because it was, you know, what I was taught wasn't really what what I thought was going on. I remember sitting in my pastor Rick's office and uh, telling him about certain things in the Bible, like the Beatitudes or the uh, Sermon on the Mount, and thinking that that was just so unattainable. No one can ever live up to, you know, what Jesus wants us to be. And he's just kind of shaking his head, looking at me, going, "What are you talking about? You know, Jesus doesn't expect you to be perfect. He expects you to be obedient, but he doesn't expect you to be perfect." And He died for you even in your sins. Jesus went through all the things in the Sermon on the Mount and all the stuff that uh, the Pharisees need to be doing if they're not going to believe in Jesus. You look at a woman and with lust in your eyes, then pluck your eye out, chop your hand off. This is radical stuff going against sin. And then what does He do right after He gets high? He heals the leper. Lepers were, at that time, the most disgusting, sinful creatures that... Uh, 
you know, this sickness, this nasty leprosy they had, this flesh-eating disease type of thing that they had going on, they believed, the Pharisees believed, that these guys were that way because of their sin. They were sick because of their sin. And what does Jesus do? He reaches down and he heals the leper. Why? Because the leper was willing to say, Hey, Lord, please heal me. Even after Jesus just spilled out this mass amount of stuff, things that you need to be living up to, you're going to be perfect. People aren't perfect. It's a lifelong trek to get to perfection. People are gray, you know. And I I know I'm being criticized for saying that, but I'm going to keep on saying it. The Bible is black and white. True. The rules are good and bad. Yin and yang, if you want to say it that way. Whatever it is. But people are gray. My disagreement with yin and yang is it's not something you just live with. You, Your yin is constantly fighting your yang. And vice versa. thing is that you do not... You are fighting your bad dog. Going back to the uh, good dog, bad dog analogy. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to my website. It's digitalaudioproject.com slash ASI. Click on good dog, bad dog link right there. It's actually a PDF file. Print it up. Look at it every day. But it's your good dog versus your bad dog. It's a fight. It's a constant battle. It goes on all the time. The thing about getting in a group, you need to be in a group where everybody can be real. And I think that's the main thing. I don't even think it matters what kind of group you're in. Do you have to be in a sex addicts group? Do you have to be in a 12-step, you know, alcohol anonymous type of group? You know, I think it can help because everybody is dealing with the same issue. But if you just get in a men's group... Everybody's got stubborn sins. Everybody's got their stuff that they're dealing with. And if you can get at any kind of a... Like if you're in a men's group, for example, or a youth group, and people are just talking, and you're real, you can be authentically real, this subject of pornography is going to come up. Especially with a men's group. You're going to talk about... You're going to come up with pornography. Women's groups, you know, women are... It's, it's a little scarier a deal for women. I know it is to open up on that kind of stuff because you're afraid people are going to gossip about you or whatnot. You have to be in a church. You have to be in, in relationship with folks where you can be real, where you can be comfortable being real. And that's scary. Even if you know everybody is real, it's not comfortable being real sometimes. We have such a hard time opening up and letting people see us emotionally naked. But that's what you need to be in a group where you can be emotionally naked in front of the people in your group and question the things that you question. Deal with the issues that you have inside you. And be open and honest. Like I said before, I I went into this group when I first started going to our church. And I was just going to be real, man. I was just going to say what I felt. And if, uh, you know, if I had to question the Bible or question stuff that was in the Bible or question the pastors or church or religion, whatever it was, I would take that stuff head on. And I was so surprised. I'm so blessed to go to a church where people can actually be real. Nobody told me I was a jerk or an idiot or, you know, wanted to push me away or withdraw from me because I was open and honest. They were open and honest as well. I go to a church with like-minded people. A church with people who are tired of being fake. I hope you can be real. And if you can't be real in the church that you're in, be real anyway. 
And if people push you away or think that you're a jerk because you're real, then, you know, that takes courage to face that in a church like that. But then you know. And you could start something, man. You start being real in your church. You know, you could start a whole new revolution in your church of people who are willing to open up and, and be disciples for Christ. Jesus wants real folks. He wants us to deal with our issues. He wants us to walk closer to the light, to get more towards that light, away from the darker shades of gray into the lighter shades of gray never going to be perfectly white until you're dead. So be able to go in and to a church or a group or whatever group it is and be able to talk about your grayness. Gray. On the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talked about being poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, so that, for they shall see God. You have to be poor in spirit. You have to walk in and say, I'm broken. I'm busted. When you can do that, that's when you'll grow spiritually. Spiritual maturity is the automatic byproduct of really taking on this addiction and conquering it. It is the most exciting thing that will happen to you. It is the most challenging. It's the toughest thing, but it's, it's exciting and it's challenging. What kind of group do you need to be in? You need to be in a group that's like the Knights of the Round Table, where people just put their stuff out there and they say, here I am, we're, we're doing battle here, and this is me with my armor off, my heart exposed. Here I am. That's what kind of group you need to be in. That's what kind of relationship you need to have eventually with your spouse with your family, with your parents. You need to, to, you know, a lot of folks say, well, I can't do that. I can't open my heart to my folks or my mate. I can't do it. Is it can't or is it won't? Is it fear that's holding you back? What if you do? What if you do open your heart? What if you do go to them and pull them aside and say, I want to talk to you about something serious? something seriously on my heart. And maybe it's not that big a thing. Maybe it's something that you would lie about or cover up or something like that. or It's just something little or trivial, maybe even to them, but to you it's important. And you want to talk about it. You might be met with anger. You might be met with confusion, frustration. You know, that's a risk you have to take. It's about taking risks. And I'm going to talk about more of that in my next show. But for this bonus podcast of the week, I want to challenge you to be real, to be authentic, genuine person, taking your armor off, putting your heart out there. What if you do that in your group? What if your group is just like a Bible study and you just, you know, you meet every Tuesday and you go over, you know, we're going over Zechariah this week or we're going to do the... Proverbs, you know, that's what we do every Tuesday. What if you just said, you know, what if you interrupted the thing? I like what Muhammad Ali said one time. He said, I am the stirrer that stirs the coffee. He says, I'm the stir stick that stirs things up. That's why he was so, he was such a uh, attractive personality to folks. Because he was just who he was. That's why the movie Napoleon Dynamite, I think, has got uh, such a big 
cult kind of following with our generation today is Napoleon Dynamite was the same kind of character. He just did what he did, and he didn't care. He was out there, he was emotionally naked, you know, and sure, he kind of made up lies and stories about certain things, but for the most part, he was a, you know, kind of a nerd and a geek, and he didn't care what people thought of him. He didn't put up some kind of a facade most of the time, and the ones that he did were pretty see-through. He was who he was. Muhammad Ali, you know, he was he was tough and he was out there and he would say what he felt, good, bad, or ugly. That's what people like people attracted to him. That's why people rooted for him. Because he was right all the time? No. Because he was perfect? No. Because he was real, because he was authentic. That's what I love about the movie Napoleon Dynamite. You watch that movie and you just feel more comfortable in your own skin when you walk away from it. I've seen it three or four times, I can't remember. Matter of fact, that is your homework for this week. Go and watch Napoleon Dynamite. Check out that movie again if you have to. Watch it with your uh, your kids. you got teenagers at home. If you are a teenager, get your folks to watch it. Say, you got to see this movie. It's goofy, it's weird, in an innocent, kind of a strange way. Shows people being authentic. So, check that out. Like I say, if you're in a group, you need to be more like Napoleon Dynamite kind of a character. Just be out there. Just, You know, as long as you're at questioning, it's okay to question. It's okay to debate. It's okay to wrap your mind around what's going on in the scriptures, in the Bible, in, you know, whatever you're dealing with in your heart. Good, bad, or ugly. Just make sure you're going in a direction of light. You're trying to walk towards the light. Don't get too negative with this stuff. It's okay to be negative as long as it's directing you towards the light, towards understanding, towards figuring out what's going on in your heart, not towards dragging away from dark into darkness. Make your debate, your line of questioning, your heart-seeking, God-seeking stuff. Make it aim towards God, towards the light towards recovery. That is recovery. Spiritual growth, whatever you want to call it. If you're a Christian, I want you to uh, crack open a Bible. I hope you're doing that in the mornings. I hope you're uh, getting into the Bible in the mornings, resetting your uh, hard drive, rebooting your computer every morning, and getting into the, the Bible and starting your day out by with your spirit in the driver's seat instead of your fleshy brain. Of course, our brain is part of the, our existence, but uh, you can reboot with a new attitude every day. I want you to check out check out Ephesians chapter 2 and read verse 1 through 11. If you have time every morning to read uh, the whole chapter, go ahead and do it. Chapter 2, if you got a little more time, if you want to really dig, if you want to really go go deep. But I want you to do it three times, three days in a row, go over that chapter. If you're a Christian, I want you to pray about it. Pray about what that says to you. It talks about being saved by grace. You're saved by grace, not what you can do, not how good you can perform, how much of a good boy or girl you can be for God. But God has something, uh, He's got a journey for you to take. So Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, or 1 through 11 even. 
three days in a row, preferably in the morning, so you're rebooting your hard drive with that uh, piece of the Bible in mind. I really want you to check that out and get it inside your spirit. And that's basically what I'm talking about with this whole show. Main topic of this show and my thing with groups and uh, 12-step programs or accountability groups is that you have to start from inside you. You have to be inspired from inside your heart. You can't shove this stuff down on top of you. You just can't do it. It's got to come from in your heart. It's got to flow out of you from the inside. Reading that Bible verse there, find out what it says to you on the inside of your heart. Don't just uh, read it, you know, recite it like it's a paragraph you need to read for some school report. No, just, you know, get it inside your spirit. Find out what, what those words mean to you. What are they saying to you? And if you have some issues with them, you know, email me. Say, Russ, what does that mean? I pray that you can get in a group and you can just stand up in the middle of the group sometime. If you're in a Bible study or something like that and people aren't talking a whole lot, you'll be surprised what you can start by just standing up and saying, Hey, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? I'm not sure what that means. Tell somebody. Say, hey, that, that kind of bothers me a little bit. What does that mean? So, that's the show for this week. Send me an email. It's russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Looking forward to your email. Yeah, you listen it right now. Send it off, man. I need them emails. Need to hear from y'all. Website is digitalaudioproject.com slash ASI. Go to the website. Hope you're in a reading program as well. Hope you're reading 15 minutes a night. One of the books on my book list there. Check that stuff out. Find the one that uh, speaks to your heart the most. Until next time, thanks again for listening to the bonus show. Bye. I'm gonna jump in.